How are you, mate? I'm all right. Yeah, it's dark, isn't it? It is. It's getting dark again as we've recorded. Mind you, we are a little bit later tonight. That is true. What's that? We're on half six now. It's half six. We're normally, we're normally wrapping up. I know, yeah. We're normally going home. Um, did dawn on me, I think we're not far off a year when we did our first recording. Because it was just before Christmas last year. I think it was like, the, I think you set up the social medias for like, I think it's the 7th of November or something's like the start date. And then we must have started not long. Because we just after that. Because we did a LAA rehearsal, a test, a test one, didn't yeah. we? Just you and me sat in this room. Which no one's ever heard, have they? No. Just, I mean, the, the, the less said about that then. <laughs> we enjoyed it. But actually, having said that, it's still alive and kicking because we we just there was loads of questions we did and that's basically become the premise of the quick fire round. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If, you, if you remember, because we were just asking each other loads of questions and stuff just to see how how we sounded. We literally, instead of me coming around and us sitting in the living room chatting, we sat in here and recorded it. That's yeah, literally all we did, wasn't it? And it's pretty much what we still do, but we're just a little bit more structured. So what have you been watching, Dave, anyway? since I've been watching the last season of Breeders. Oh, the Martin Freeman one. I've never seen it. It's really good. Martin Freeman and Daisy Haggard. It's finished now. Chris Addison is one of the writers and directors. He was Ollie in The Thick of It. Yes. So he's in the last season. He's only got like a really small part. But it's funny because I've been watching, re-watching the thick of it, and he's dead young in that. Yeah. And obviously in this, he's he's he he's did a, he's done quite a bit of writing since, hasn't he? He's done loads. Yeah, he's um, he used to do stand-up comedy as well. Yeah, a big yeah. fan of Chris Addison. Yeah. I really like him. But Breeders is definitely worth watching. Okay. It's um, it's a great show. I started Bodies on Netflix, which has got Stephen, Stephen Gray. And that's just one about where does. A body turns up in the same place in different times or something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so the first it's quite an interesting good. premise, yeah. And me and Donna took Kenny out. Oh, I did Kenny every day out. Yeah, we took him to the Empire. And it was John Williams versus Hans Zimmer. Oh. It was the Manchester Concert Orchestra with Anthony Inglis as the conductor. He was amazing, to be honest. But obviously with being John Williams... Oh. Did like E.T. Indiana Jones was amazing. Obviously, did a long Star Wars bit, and then with Hans Zimmer, it was like Gladiator, Interstellar. But I've never, you ever seen an orchestra live? Yes. What would what would he do? It wasn't like films. I think it was like a a concert I went to. And it was classical music. Mm. It was like like the, the hits. <laughs> if you know what I mean, one of them type things. Now that's but, what I call classical music. Yeah, I think that is honestly. It's. It's massive because I think there's about 50, I think when we went seeing there was about 50 musicians on the stage and they're all in different sections and that's what the conductor does. He brings them in and points mm. them in and then sort of, it's amazing. Oh, I, I was blown away by it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, especially like, I think Indiana Jones was my favourite one on the night. I loved everything, but that one was like, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I think the tour's still going, so, you know, if you can get tickets, definitely. I'd suggest it. You've been away, and since you come back, you've watched a few things. I've watched well. a few things, yeah. Finished watching Friends. Carried on with me friends, Rabbit All. I've watched. Have you ever seen The Long Good Friday? With Bob Hoskins? Yes. A long time, a long time watch, ago. I watched that a couple of nights ago. A really good film. I've never seen it before. It's it's one. Everyone's always gone on about the last se- the last moment, the last scene in the film. Without giving too much away, it's it's Bob Hoskins' face in the back of the car at the end where they drive away is some of the best acting you'll ever see on on screen. It's because you can just see him. It doesn't say a word. It's about a minute ninety seconds long, and in that moment, you see him go through every emotion of anger scared and then like sort of just come to terms of what's going to happen it's an amazing piece of I acting i have to watch it again my favorite thing with bob hoskins though of all the films he's he's done and he's amazing but it's the episode of Frasier. he used to be Frasier's pe teacher didn't he and Frasier's going up the girl keeps having flashbacks and bob hoskins comes in bob hoskins is sort of Replacing the woman that phase is meant to be on the dating. So when, he's in, yes. when he's in bed with the woman, yes. it's Bob Hoskins. And he's he's brilliant in that. Funny you should say that. The other thing I've watched is the first couple of episodes of the new Frasier. Yeah, me too, yeah. It's okay. I think it's going to build, isn't it? You've got to I, get to know the characters. 
one of the fears I had was it was going to be a little bit anti-woke because they're all a little bit older. It wasn't. In fact, it was, it was the opposite. Because James Bubbo's is still directing, isn't he? Yeah. But I've got to say, the character of Freddy is just really boring. I, I, I don't know if it's an acting or writing thing. I just don't see the point of him almost. There's, there's not... I, it, like, this whole thing about keeping secrets from his dad in the first episode of the baby and that there was no reason to because he's not he wasn't speaking to his dad or whatever it didn't I don't know it just I just didn't really see I'm struggling with the son Freddy character really struggling with it what 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 role what it's the point and the purpose of the role I feel like he's trying to fill the Martin gap because he's like the sort of you're every man because he's a fireman Martin yeah. was a policeman but it wasn't it wasn't there Apart from that, I, I quite enjoyed it. But I've got to say, the, the Freddy character really annoyed me a little bit. I, I think just, hopefully it'll it'll grow and it'll become a little bit more... I hope so. Cause I thought that the scene where he asks Freddy about why he didn't come to the funeral was quite sad. Yeah, there was, yeah. And then the little flashback to Martin in his chair. Yeah. Because apparently it was going to start with the funeral. And then they decided not not, not to, to do yeah. it. And then another story was it was going to be about Niles and Frasier owning a theatre. Yes. And then but, so there's loads but, of ideas. But what's his name? Is it Crane? What's his name? Dave, David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. He he read the script and he was on board initially, and then he turned around and said, "I don't think there's anything more I can add to the character." And then he backed away from it, didn't he? Which I think is really brave of him to do. Because they would have thrown money at him. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, I bet he would have. I think um, you don't want you don't want to do something to to death. But I think the the Frasier character itself's got life in it. Yeah, yeah. What it, he's probably thought is as Niles, because you can't have Niles without Daphne, and then you can't have because yeah. the, the spoilers, but the son's in it, isn't he? Yes, is it is David, isn't he? Yeah, he's brilliant. I don't think I you could think... have Niles without Daphne. Yeah, they yeah. both have to do it, wouldn't they? He was the one that I quite enjoyed, and Nicholas Lindes. Nicholas Lindes, good. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be. I think he's got more potential. What else have I watched? I've watched Ahsoka. You caught all of it. Yeah, watched the full series. It's okay. From five onwards, all of it. I finished it last night. No, I mean, sorry. It, it, do you not think from five onwards it's more than okay? One. No. Again, it's, spoilers it, if you haven't seen it, but Anakin. Appears, yeah, doesn't it? it's okay. Did you now, finish Rebels though? No, I just, See, I, I just, think... I, I just went and did a recap. I love the character Soka. I loved character. I loved all the characters, mm. and I loved the fact it was quite female led as well for Star Wars. Was totally into, but I think Soka is a great character, and I loved casting. I just thought, like every Star Wars series. It's just left me a little bit underwhelmed, apart from the Diego Luna one. Andor. Andor. Apart from Andor, they've the... all left me a little bit under. And I'm not saying there's nothing bad, because mm. the, I love the characters. I got where they were going. And David Tennant's voice as the the, the Yang or whatever his name yeah. is, is brilliant. A little bit of humour in there. My Which, only issue with it is... The guy that plays Ezra is really is is really good, and I think he, he yeah, he's, he's going to yeah. be brilliant as it goes on. But if you're a fan and you've never seen Rebels fully, the scene where he turns up at the end on the ship and he meets her yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. that's meant to be all climatic. But if you don't know him and you don't know their relationship, you're just watching it going, "All oh, right, so he's back on the he's home then." To you, there's no emotional yeah. connection to. Oh wow, he hasn't seen her for years, yeah, yeah. And, and all the things they've been through together. And the, you the, see, because I did, you know. I did know the characters because I did get like about half of his second series of Rebels. Who so did get? I didn't get the resolution of it. I thought, uh, is it Mads Nicholson as Thrawn? Because he mm. he came out. Oh, he's brilliant. He's oh, a great he, actor, isn't he? He's really into, like I'm, I love a good buddy. That's the one thing I think Dave Filoni's done really well, which is bringing the likes of him yes. back, bringing oh, Tennant back. What's his name? Ray Stevens is Balin, is it? Yeah, sad now, isn't I it? I know, no. because he is such a good actor, such a And I loved his relationship with him as an apprentice. Yeah. And now we don't know what's going to happen. Because I thought from the trailers, I thought, again, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it, I thought he'd probably get killed in the series. Yeah. 
So when it when the news came out, he passed away. I thought, well, I think judging by the trailers, he probably gets killed off mm. anyway. But the fact that he doesn't, and the fact that he's amazing in it, and the fact that it ends on such a good scene with him again, that's it's that's linked to the. I love teams. his character was so good. In fact, probably the highlight of the series. Yeah. And, and I loved, and this is what I like about some of the stuff where the Star Wars canon is going to from the original trilogy it's moving away from that simple good guys bad guys it's where where's the line drawn like he because he's very pragmatic he, yeah. he, he even said when he was a jedi he struggled with some of the the issues and and, and i think if you did a, a series with um samuel L. jackson's waist waste window he's a, he's of similar mind as well do you know what i mean i think there's potential it's not so obvious. The one of the few good men. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name is Dave. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say if you've never seen Liar Liar, then you'll know it's short, shriveled and hanging to the left. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows that we love so dearly and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Liam, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. We are back in the studio. I'm back in the presenting chair. And this is box set four. And for our listener who's already listened to the episode last week will know it's a little bit different this season because the whole box set is a theme itself. And we've chosen Rob Reiner films for box set four. So before we get cracking... What we are doing is bringing you a couple of facts about Rob Reiner. So, Dave, what can you tell us about Rob Reiner that I didn't tell the listener last week? So, Rob Reiner has won Emmys for Best Supporting Actor. He won in 74 and 78 for a TV show called All in the Family, which I don't think made it over here. No, it doesn't sound familiar. Never heard of it. But he did appear in 30 Rock as himself. He did, yes. It's always a, always a bonus, isn't it? And he is a big advocate for mental health awareness as well. Excellent. Great stuff. All right, then, Dave. So the first question is, what Rob Reiner film have you picked for the Rob Reiner box set? So this week I've gone with A Few Good Men. It came out in 1992. It's a legal drama film based on Aaron Sorkin's 1989 play. And the story centres around the court-martial of two US Marines who are charged with the murder of a fellow Marine at Guantanamo Bay Naval Base in Cuba, and it's around the legal team that defends them. And the death of the Marine does point to the actions of a very high-ranking colonel. Absolutely great film. I did actually watch it. It was around when we did The Stand By Me, which is the other Rob Reiner mm. film, which we'll be including in this box set. So it was about... Mm. Six months ago now, and I thought I needed to watch it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I watched it again last night. It's probably on my most watched, you know. Really? I so think wh- so. Why is it? What? Why? What's the reason you picked it? So it's just, it's just one of my favorite all-time movies. To it be honest, great. regardless of it being a Bob Reiner yeah. movie, it's just on the list. I've seen it multiple part times to the point where I do know most of the dialogue as well. I think I can watch it with the sound off. Interesting. And, and fill in my Might hold you to that one day. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I could get most of it, I think. I think it's pretty flawless. I do love a good courtroom drama. Mm. What I didn't know actually going into this was that it is based on a play. Yeah. I didn't realise that. I'm not, only doing the, like, the research for the show, because I've, I've only ever just watched the film and never really looked into it. So screenwriter Alan Sorkin was inspired to write the source play for a few good men from a phone conversation with his sister Deborah, 
who's a graduate of Boston University Law School. And she'd signed up for a three-year stint with the mm. US Navy. And she said she was going to Guantanamo Bay to defend a group of Marines who'd nearly killed a fellow Marine in a hazing order by a superior officer. It's, it's an amazing concept. It's an amazing script. And Aaron Sorkin's just a genius at dialogue. Well, apparently most of the story was written on cocktail napkins. I heard, I've read this as well because he was... He <laughs> was bartending. Yeah, um, but it theater. was apparently as well, like by the time the play came out, it was a massive success. I think it initially ran for like nearly over two years, non-stop. The film rights were, were already sold before the, the opening night of the play. Really, So yeah. it was already, I think Aaron Sorkin at that stage was already a big, Bulls in Hollywood mm. about them. The dialogue is immaculate. I, I I don't think there's a better writer than dialogue than Aaron Sorkin. He is brilliant, but I think you also need the actors to pull oh, it off. Without so doubt. There's, there's only one actor from the play in the film. It's a, a guy called Josh Molina, and he's the clerk. He's the one that Jack Nicholson calls in and says jokingly, he says, get the president on the phone. Okay. And he just yeah, immediately yeah, says, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. argue. He was in the play, but he's the only one. Because in that in that scene, he, he uses the word sir. And in this film, sir is said 164 times, apparently. It's, it is, yes, sir, no, sir. Don't call me sir. Yes, sir, no, just that. It is, it is classic, like, army talk, isn't it? Yes, sir, no, sir. What I love about it, it, it is pure Aaron Sorkin. And I think what Aaron Sorkin does better than any writer is he can write an argument better than anyone else. Do you know, you know when you've ever had an argument with your missus and you walk away and you think, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that. Every time. Aaron Sorkin. Right, like he should have, <laughs> no, what no, you, you should, should have, said. have said. He's so good at it. You think of some of the speeches in the West Wing and the President's, and the President's Men. It's absolutely amazing. He's he's such a great writer and he's an absolute, he's a genius. It, it's all about that dialogue for me. No, definitely, yeah. So then who is in the film then, Dave? So I'm going to save one of the main ones till last. Okay. Let's start with Tom Cruise then. Okay. So Tom Cruise is a United States Navy JAG corps called Lieutenant Daniel Caffey. We obviously know him from the Mission Impossible franchise, but pick some of his less sort of actiony roles. I'm going to go with Magnolia. I've got that one. Recommendation. Enough, yeah. Jerry Maguire from 1996, Rain Man from uh, 1988, and then two... Um, just excellent films and excellent performances from him. The Colour of Money in 1986 uh, with Paul Newman and then The Firm is one of my favourite films as well. The, the, you've literally hit all the ones I've had. I had The Colour of Money, which I love, is one of Rain Man, I think, is one. Magnolia is definitely one of his strongest. So you've got a love-hate relationship I've, with Tom Cruise, haven't you? I'm a bit... <sighs> Do you know what it is with Tom, Hugh, Tom, Tom, Tom Hughes? <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's a proper movie star. Never mind a great actor, he is a proper movie star. There's actors, isn't he? Yeah. Film actors and there's movie stars. He's a movie star. But I just think he's a bit crazy. And and I think he's 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 just he's I think he's at that stage now where no one can say no to him. Yes, Tom, if you want to jump off the Empire State Building with no parachute, (laughs) you do it, yeah. And something I don't know, and and the whole Scientology thing is a bit weird in my book. Well apparently he doesn't push that on people because I I seen there was an interview with Russell Crowe because I think it was Oh no, tell you what, it was when he was doing a film with Nicole Kidman of she's friends with Russell Crowe and he said I think Tom Cruise just asked him about it once, just made a passing comment and Russell Crowe just said, I'm not interested in it. And he said, and that was it. Mm. Never mention it again. I mean, we will go into probably a little bit more around the, that side of it, the Scientology stuff. I, I do agree. I think he's the... Arnie in our day and Stallone in our day yeah. were movie stars. Yeah. They, the people went to see their films and, and Tom well, Cruise definitely replaced them. I think Tom Cruise is a better actor than Arnie and Stallone. And, and oh, yeah. St- as well, do you know what I mean? He's, he is... An amazing actor, and he's an amazing movie star, mm. and he's good looking, and he's he's a bit on the small side, like bless him. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still taller than me, so I, I can't say that. It's probably no. You but, used to always say about like Michael Owen used to be like Liverpool player, used to look dead tiny. He's five foot ten. Yeah, he's like a normal. He's size, like, size, but isn't compared he? to other footballers, and it's a similar thing. I don't know that thing of you said about 
you know, no one's saying no to him. Yeah, the story Matt Damon tells about speaking to Tom Cruise. No, no, when he did the um, the thing in Dubai on the building. Is it oh, called yeah. the Khalifa? Khalifa, yeah. And he says he wanted to ask him about it because he'd seen the movie, and he he pulled. He said pulled Tom Cruise out, and they were chatting, and he said Tom Cruise is very like if you're talking to him, he stares you right in the yeah. eye. He goes, I really want to ask you about that scene, and he says. So he said, I've jumped to this jumped to this scene for years. He said, I've wanted to do it. He said, so I'll go to the stunt guy and I say, this is what I want to do. I want to do the cleaver, blah, blah. And the stunt guy says, well, you can't do that. He goes, so I'll get another stunt guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just how it pictured it. And I don't know, he's, uh, it's a love-hate relationship with Tom Cruise and me, and it's not out of... I'd, I think he's an amazing actor. He really is. I think his personality is just a little bit off, a little bit too much for me. I have, <laughs> I have, I have a few issues with it. But anyway, so apart from um, Tom Cruise, then who else is in it? So we got Demi Moore is another attorney in it. She is Lieutenant Commander Joanne Galloway. We know Demi Moore from Ghost in 1990. She was in Indecent Proposal in 1993. A couple I'm going to pick out then. You ever seen Mr. Brooks? With Kevin Costner. No. That's a really good film. I think it's on Amazon Prime, I think, at the minute. It's from 2007. She plays a cop in it and, spoilers, Kevin Costner is a serial killer in it. It's definitely worth a watch. Okay. And the other one I'm going to pick out, just because it's probably more famous now for something else, G.I. Jane from 1997. I think it's Tony Scott directed it, didn't he? I think it is, yeah. But that's what caused the famous Will Smith slap at the Oscars. Because Chris Rock made the joke, didn't he, about you look like G.I. Jane? Did, that's he... right, yeah. For Demi Moore, I've got the unbearable weight of massive talent, Nicholas Cage. Mm. She's in that. I don't think it's a big part. She's it's right at the end, isn't it? Yeah, but I forgot she was in that because I saw it's like, that's that's a great film. Any any Anything Nicholas Cage, I'm like, yeah. Who else is in the film, We've Dave? got Kevin Pollock, who's Lieutenant Sam Weinberg, and he got the role after Jason Alexander had to pull out. Now, I read this, it was purely because Seinfeld got renewed for its yeah. second season because no one was expecting it to, to be a success, worthy. No, not at all. Um, Kevin Pollock's brilliant in it. He's from The Usual Suspects. I've got that, yeah. 1995. He's been in The Simpsons. He has. And then the recommendation, obviously, is Casino from 1995. But one I haven't seen, which I'm going to check out, but I know you watch. He's in Billions. I haven't watched Billions. Oh, I thought you'd seen it. No, no. I've got for Sam Weinberg, sorry, Kevin Pollock, who who played Sam Sam Weinberg, one to watch is he did a TV series called Family Tree with Chris O'Dowd. And it 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 was created by Christopher Guest. Around 2013. Oh, I haven't seen this no, at all. No, no, no. It was only because I was going through the IMDb and it was like, oh, that's Chris O'Dowd. Oh, that's <laughs> Christopher Guest, who we yeah. will mention at some point multiple times in this box set and this episode. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, very interesting. Have you ever seen Kevin Pollock do impressions? No. He's absolutely amazing. He does a brilliant Christopher Walken. But just go on YouTube and just watch. I could just watch clips of him for hours, just just doing impressions as a performer. He, I, I love him, and I think he, in this he's he's brilliant. He's brilliant. We got Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, big fans of Kevin Bacon. He's Captain Jack Ross. We know him from Footloose in nineteen eighty four. One I'm not sure you've seen, The Woodsman. No. So it's an interesting one. It's about he's been in prison for. Well, we don't, I don't want to spoil too much because we don't really sort of find out. But basically, he was a paedophile and he gets released. And it's about him sort of getting back into living in the world. And okay. I mean, one of the craziest sorts of scenes is that they give him like an apartment and it's literally right next to a school. And But it's 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 a really interesting movie. It's a, it's, a, it's not an easy easy watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to say too much, too much kind of about it. Not, I don't think many actors would have done it, would have took the role and... You know, he's he's a brave actor he's, and he's, he's a brilliant he's actor. He's done isn't a he? broad range of characters, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I'd, I'd check it out, but like I say, not an easy watch. The following is really good, although that was cancelled in 2015. But Cop Car from 2015 is a really good film with him in. And then my favourite probably is, is Tremors from 1990. 
And he also, if you remember, had a really small part, but it's pivotal in planes, trains and automobiles. He does, yeah, yes. He's the guy that takes the taxi from Steve Martin, which obviously leads to the whole the whole film. But yeah, love Kevin Bacon. The few that I've got Kevin Bacon and forgot he was in these. I forgot he was in Diana, the Barry Levinson mm-hmm. film. I forgot he was in JFK. I can't remember who he plays, but... He is in, he's not a big role, but he's in it. Now, I think Kevin Bacon, I think is Sleepers. Oh, that's a tough watch as well, that's though, a, isn't it? And, and Mystic River. Mystic River is a really yeah. good one. And I completely forgot he's got a small role in Crazy Stupid Love as well. With Does he? Emma Stone, Dan, Dan Gosling film. I'm yeah. to rewatch that. I think yeah. that's just popped on Netflix, so it's coming on yeah, this week. I love that. Steve Carell is great. Film, yeah. He's in that as well. And he has actually been an episode of Frasier as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> was he just dialing in though? I don't know. I, I think, think he's he just was. A caller. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's put must have been in the Simpsons, surely. I think he has. He's yeah. got to. No, he, he? he has. Yeah, he must have been. Yeah. yeah. If he hasn't, he should be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Kiefer Sutherland then next. He is um, second lieutenant Kendrick in the film. We all know him as Jack Bauer from Twenty Four. Stand by me, another Rob Viner film, which we've done an episode of. He's in The Lost Boys. Yeah, I'll tell you what, he had a run because if you think Stand By Me, 1986, The Lost Boys, 1987, and then Young Guns in 1988. Which we've already done, Which yeah. we've done. He's currently in Rabbit Hole, TV series that's on um, Paramount Plus. But he's also in a Netflix film we watched recently, They Cologne's Tyrone, with John Boyega. Oh. He's quite good in that. It's not a massive part, yeah. But he, he is really good. Oh, well, he's one of our favourites here, Keith Sutherland. The one I I didn't want to go too much because I think we've he's we could do a whole show. We, couldn't we? We've mentioned Keith Sutherland a few, a few times, but it's the Lost Boys for me. That's your quintessential Keith Sutherland. But he's such he's really good in this film as well. You can go watch the Lost Boys with Jason Patrick in Manchester. Can you? Yeah, it's in the next few weeks, and I don't think there's like a band or something on. I just seen it advertised. And I thought oh, that would be actually oh, quite good. Would, yeah. yeah. So we've got J.T. Walsh. Yes. Quick mention, he's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Markinson. You'll know him from Breakdown in 1997 with Kate Russell, but another really good film, The Negotiator, uh, which came out in 1998 with Kevin Spacey and Samuel Jackson, which, again, is popping onto Netflix, I think, this week or soon. I've got for J.T. Walsh... Tim Men, which is another Barry Levinson one that's got Richard Dreyfus and John Mahoney, who obviously we've yeah Richard Dreyfus was in Stand By Me and John Mahoney was in Frasier, big 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 friends mm. on our box set, because uh, I remember when I was in when I was doing film studies, I really got into Barry Levinson. J C Walsh is one of them actors. He's done loads of TV and loads of little bit parts and films, hasn't he? But he's a really good actor. Oh, he's he's one of those that. I don't think a lot of people will know his name, no. but you'll know, definitely know his face. Well, I think I'm sure I read that Rob Ryan has said he wishes it was that that that, that I think he wishes the whole cast. He just had the cast of JT Walsh's. <laughs> Still have been a great film, yeah. wouldn't it? I don't think you can talk about the film not mentioning the two guys who you know be in charge. So yeah. James Marshall plays Downey. He's famous for Twin Peaks and Wolfgang Bodderson, who had never worked as an actor before. He's Dawson in it. Yeah. So apparently he was just a location scout, part of the movie, but has since, you know, he's steadily working and he, I noticed he was in an episode of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I really enjoyed. But I've got two more then. I'm only going to say one thing, Christopher Guest. Yes. It's only a small part, isn't it? But he's clearly, you know, linked to Bob Reiner. He was in Princess Bride, so... I won't go say any more about Christopher Guest because we're probably going to talk He's, about him He'll be popping up again in another Rob Reiner film, I'm pretty yeah. sure of it. So we we have recorded, obviously, Princess Bride so far. We're straight into a second film. Well, third film, sorry, Rob Reiner film, but he's already been in two of them, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, last but not least then, the main man, Jack Nicholson. Oh, big Jack. So Jack has won three Oscars. He's won two for Best Actor, for As Good As It Gets, and one for The Rover's The Cuckoo's Nest. And he's won as Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment. The films I'm going to recommend, one we went to watch recently for the anniversary. Yeah. Batman, the Tim Burton version in 1989. Witches of Eastwick in 1987. The Shining in 1980. Have you seen The Shining? Yes. It's not an out now horror, though, is it? But it's a horror. It's like it, it freaks you out a little bit. Oh, I think it scarred me when I first yeah, watched it, because I think I watched it too young. 
<laughs> There's a couple of scenes with the kid on the bike roll, riding around through the mm. hall. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Oh. Oof, yeah. And then Chinatown. That's the one for me. 1974. I, I, I mean, I love LA Confidential, and yeah. you don't get LA Confidential without Chinatown, Chinatown is, do you? No, it's a it's a genius film. Roman Polanski, wasn't it? Yeah. He wrote and directed it. Yeah. I've got um, all of them. Just a little mention for mm. little small roles for Noah Wiley, who went on to become one of the doctors in ER. He, he, oh, he is. He's one of the soldiers that comes yeah. in. And Cube Gooding Jr. has a little role in he it. He does, yeah. A bit like when he had his little tiny role in Coming to America. He's in the barbershop yeah, scene, yeah. 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 So we, <laughs> one day, Cube, we will make a film. We will do a podcast of him where you actually have a proper role in it. I promise. We'll have to do Jerry Maguire or <laughs> know, something, yeah. won't we? Yeah. Which is another Tom Cruise film. Yep. Okay, then, Dave. So that's who's in it. What about your favourite character or your favourite performance in A Few Good Men? So I'm going with Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah, I think even though he did base it on David Miscavige, who is the chairman of the Church of Scientology, apparently, we'll let that one slide because I just think it's right up there with his best. It's, it's great. It, his best work, we know as well. You know what you're getting with Jack Nicholson, I think. Yeah, yeah. So... I don't think anyone's going to this film going, I bet you Jack Nicholson isn't very good in this. Yeah. You know he's going to he's, be amazing. He's so pure Jack Nicholson. I like that. I like that we don't get a full-on romance with Demi Moore. Well, that was... I was reading Aaron Sorkin said it was, it was one of his most enjoyable jobs working with Rob Reiner. He said, but it was on the worst experience he had with dealing with the studio for the same film because they said there's no point in having Demi Moore unless she sleeps with Tom Cruise. And he was a bit like, well, women can be characters in movies for just not sleeping mm-hmm. with the main star. And it was Rob Reiner actually came in and backed him up. And he said he did... Um, Rob Reiner was really big on rewrites and like a few mm-hmm. of the other things. He made him like, do a little couple of changes and he said he found it really enjoyable but he didn't enjoy the studio side of it, which yeah. sort of ties in with what... Because the way they were like... Demi Moore was... It was quite interesting because you are expecting a little bit of romance and it doesn't happen. And I think that's what makes it good because there's a little bit of... Yeah. It's a little bubbling in the background between it's the two. It, as, as the film goes on, there's obviously yeah. there's obviously a connection, isn't there? And probably the studio's probably rentable in every Tom Cruise so, movie so far. Yeah. Him and the leading lady always get together. Yeah. I think it would have overshadowed the, the performance, probably. But I just think Tom does go toe-to-toe with Jack in the scenes yeah. and with Kevin Bacon and the scenes with Kevin uh, Kiva Sutherland. I think that's some of his best performances Definitely. from anything. Definitely. Apparently the line where you nobody know, repeats Colonel Jessup's. Where he, where... he does the impression of Jack Nicholson. Yeah. That wasn't in the script. So that reaction from Kevin Pollock and Demi Moore, that's genuine because he does the impression without them even knowing. I think the cat it's my favourite performance. I think my favourite character because I think the character itself, he grows as the movie goes on. Yeah. He's very cocky at the start, isn't Definitely, he? All yeah. he's ever done is yeah. you know, make these plea deals and he is it something like forty in so many years, something ridiculous, isn't it? So by the end he is a full on trial lawyer, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I think Tom's just really good at comedy, really good at drama. And I think he's shown with, like, Top Gun and the Mission Impossible films. He is, we said it at the start of me, he's probably right now the most famous action star in the world, which is and crazy when you consider his earlier films. And he you has, never would have seen that coming, would you? But he has been since the 90s, though. Mm. He has been an absolute... He's a movie star. I, I, I can't disagree with your choice of... Tom Cruise, I think it is one of his best performances. And again, it's that thing we wrote, that perfect balance between when you've got a really good actor who's really pushed himself and then realise he's got an amazing script in front of him. Mm. They egg each other on, a good script and a good actor just makes things get better and better. And obviously Jack Nicholson, I went, because I had a feeling you were going to pick one of them too, so I thought I won't go with one of the obvious ones. But every time I watch it, I love Sam, Sam Weinberg character. Yeah. I think he's just such a lovely understated role. And one of my favourite little bits is, and it it makes me smirk because I feel like it's a little bit of art imitating real life, is 
he makes that joke when he first gets signed as his second in command for the case. I mean, I've got no authority here. Yeah. And then when he introduces himself to to Demi mm-hmm. Moore, he says, I've got no authority. <laughs> and it's almost like in real life as an actor, he's gone onto that set and it's at the stage in Tom Cruise's career where he is just going to the next level. And everyone there knew that and they were like, we're just going to sit back and watch yeah. this ride go. And I feel like, those little jibes of I'm just here for no authority in real life as an actor, he was like, I'm just here to watch Tom Cruise and Jack and Jack. <laughs> but that role, I just thought it was a really good role, and it just balanced mm. both Demi Moore out and, and, the, and the Tom Cruise. I, I could have also picked JT Walsh's character as well, it was a very small role mm. as as a Lieutenant McNaughton or whatever. It was, it's, I think it was, it's too tough because everyone in it, it's, it, it is so good. I think. JT Walt definitely, but again, we, we haven't even mentioned Demi Moore. I think this is probably Demi Moore's yeah. best film. I don't think Demi Moore's a very good actress, even being brutally honest. I, I, I don't think she's done enough for me to say she's a good actress, but she's good in this. Mm. And that is that down to Rob Reiner? Not just for her, but for all. Does he get great performances from actors? Well, I think as we go through this box set and the more films we talk about and the actors that are in it, I think it is going to come to light that, like, Bob Reiner, especially as a director, can definitely pull out things you don't expect. Because coming back to Tom Cruise, you expect Tom Cruise to be the cocky character all Mm. the way through. So then when it does come to one of the famous scenes we're going to talk about, that's that's almost like a different actor in the start, isn't it? And I think that comes from Bob Reiner just... Being such a good director, doesn't it? Most definitely. All right, then. So, we may have already mentioned it a few little bits, but what is your favourite scene or moment in the film? So, I've got some honourable mentions, and then I've got a main one I'm going to talk about. But I think the scene with Kiefer Sutherland on the stand is amazing. Yeah. And just as good as the further scenes. I think in that scene, his character wants to crack as well. Yeah. I think his character wants to say, like, who the F do you to tell yeah, yeah. me? Uh, yeah, I did this and I did that and I'm going to own up to it because it's none of your your yeah. business, really. I think his acting in that scene, again, bouncing off Tom Cruise, is is one of Kiefer Sutherland's best. Well, I think Kiefer well. Sutherland acknowledged at the time because he said working with Tom Cruise made him a better actor as well because yeah. apparently Tom Cruise was like, no, 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 the way like footballers always stay behind and take extra corners and free kicks after re, after practice. <laughs> Tom Cruise stays behind and goes and runs through everything mm. and he's just, he's just upset. And that's, whatever you say about him, he's a grafter as well. He's, he's a hard-working actor. Uh, have you ever seen the clips of them doing the rehearsals for... Um... It's not collateral. What's the Michael Mann one with Jamie Foxx? I keep saying collateral, but it begins with C. There's, you can watch them rehearsing for that. There's different clips. There's clips of them, like, just, I think they're just sitting in, like, an apartment, and then there's clips of them rehearsing in a taxi and stuff. And, like I say, I think Tom Cruise, has the, work, the work ethic, which obviously yeah. we're seeing now with yeah, the Mission yeah. Impossible films, he's, he, he's unreal. I think any scenes with Kevin Pollock playing yes. off Tom Cruise. Yeah. I know you picked him as yeah. your, your favourite performance. I can totally understand why all those scenes with them two work. The film starts with a performance of someone called Semper Fidelis. It's by the US Marine Corps marching band. Oh, with the, with the rifles. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. So, it's so well shot as well because I love the way the camera pans down and you see it and mm. it's like one by one you'll move the rifles or hold up the, the, the gloves. It's amazing. So it's a silent drill performed by the Texas A&M University Corps of Cadets fish, fish drill team. That's well researched, Dave. Yeah. I'll are. give you that one, mate. And they are portraying the United States Marine Corps silent drill platoon. It's an amazing scene, that isn't it? And then it's Demi great. Moore just comes sort of like walking past, to, like yeah, it's yeah, nothing, yeah, sort of yeah. thing. There be three honourable mentions, I think. My main one, and you can't not talk about about it overall, is the you can't handle the yeah. truth oh, scene. Yes, Jack Nicholson 
really didn't need to be there for the shots with the other actors because it's just one camera, isn't it? Each yeah. way, for, you know, you don't see them both in the scene at the same time. But according to Reiner, he did it several times, gave his all every time, and his own shot was the last one of the day. So he did it all day for for, for Tom Cruise sat there with the no, no, and the camera's not on him, and then did his one last. Well, I heard as well because apparently. Like, Jack Nicholson. He was only he was only paid for five days. Yeah, and apparently the, 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 there was a few bits missing, so he he willingly happily came back next morning and and, and did a couple of extra shots that he didn't get, and he was just because he was just like it's just amazing. And, he, and I think there's one quote he was saying. Rob Rob Ryan was apologetic because he asked him to do something, and he was like, "Rob, I'm relaxed. I can do this all day. This is just <laughs> what I do." And you get that impression yeah. that all the actors really wanted to be because I think Demi Moore took a big pay cut to be in this film as well so really? I think that says a lot of A, Rob Reiner B, the script and the f- and when when all that works it's just it's a phenomenal film the, the whole scene from start to finish once you know that Jessup as he's called is going to be on the stand that's when that's the thing that's the hairs on the, the, yeah, you know, the back yeah, of your arm stands up and you're like even though I've seen it so many times. The the scene when Tom Cruise turns up and jumps out the car and tells, even though it's a bit over the top because it's in yeah. the rain, he chased her down. He tells he's going to put Jessica on the stand. You are like, ooh. <laughs> and, but the whole scene from start to finish, right from when he, he first sits down and Tom Cruise is just asking them about, you know, did you phone, who were these people you phoned? Which is just the, yeah, the yeah. random questions to where he's, you know, he's ultimately led away by the, the MPs of the yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. I just think that whole section is one of the the most famous cinema scenes, yeah. and just some of the best acting, writing, directing. It's pretty, yeah. Oh. See, I I I knew you were going to have that scene because you can't not. It's it's one of the most famous scenes in cinematic history. I went with the scene when they first meet Jessup when they they sat outside having lunch and mm. and and and. and it's just he just nonchalantly Tom Cruise just goes oh well, well I'll, I'll, you the don't the, can I have the logs yeah. and he goes ask me nicely he's like what well, well, ask me nicely and I think it's such an important scene because a I think it's that moment that Cruise um, Coffee's character knew. There's something not here. There's something not. He quite. does it on purpose, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Demi Moore's and, Richard, and then that brilliant scene where Demi calls out, goes, so "You knew that was your mm. instinct, so go with it now." And I think that's such great writing to a write the scene, then to just pull it out a little bit later, and then when it all comes to fruition, and because Cruz wants at that point wants to take him down, and also, and it is a bit of a Rob Reiner theme is taking down a bully is definitely mm. a bit of a theme of, of, of a Rob Reiner film. And I think that's, it's just like, yes! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's such, it's, um, that what that, I think that scene for me is the one I always remember. It's just amazing piece of, I just, it's, it's script, it's writing, it's direct, and it's, it's just a great film. All right then, Dave. So what about the music in A Few Good Men? So I hope I'm pronouncing this right. This guy called Mark Shaman did the score. He worked on Saturday Night Live. We're going to be talking about him quite a bit because he's done other Rob Liner films yeah. like When Harry Met Sally and he's done Misery as well. But he also did City Slickers with Billy Crystal and he did Hot Shots as well. Excellent. Well, well sure. Well, look, I haven't seen him. City Slickers in a long time. No I, think that, I think he's revisiting. All right, then. So what about the question which we always enjoy asking and always enjoy answering? What would you change? So there's actually two things. So I know I said one. Oh, okay. But I remembered another one when you were All talking. Right, there's a slight continuity error in one of the scenes. Oh, a bit of a goof. A bit of a... I think it is anyway. Where Keith Sutherland's given them the tour of the the barracks and they go into the room to, to, to look at the... He looks in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Up. Santiago's... I can't there. remember the line that Keith Sutherland says, but he says a line and it cuts back to Tom Cruise and they... I think it's is it did they say something like it's a code? So I can't remember. But as it cuts back to Tom Cruise and they go to walk out, Keith Sutherland's gone. And it's like there's no way he's gone that, that quick. quick yeah. It's like they've added it in, it's like they've filmed, gone back and filmed a little bit of a extra a line with Keith Sutherland standing in the doorway. 
but forgot that originally he wasn't he wasn't there. If you watch it again now, that'll be you'll give up on you'll you'll give on to that. You'll go, ah, he should be he should still be standing there. He hasn't moved that quick. But the thing I've changed because the film's so flawless. So that's one really nitpicky thing. So if we really had to take something out, I don't know why you need the scene where Caffrey goes to the paper stand the first time. Yes. He pulls up and we get an exchange with a guy called Harry Caesar. He's a singer and an actor. And all he do is quote cliches. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. I sort of I sort of get it because I think it shows Kathy's routine. Yeah. So then Markinson, who's JT Walsh's character, can find him. Me, but yeah. Markinson is clever enough to find him anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it seems like if you had to trim Sutton out of a film that's almost pretty flawless, yeah. that's the one, what, 30-second scene yeah. you could probably trim out that you don't really need. The bit that I feel like it just doesn't need, and it's it's once um, Jessup's been taken away by the prisons and then mm. the result comes in that they're not guilty for the murder, but guilty for the... Dishonorably discharge they get them. And I get the guy's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And it's the line by Dawson character goes, Kaboom. We were meant to help these people instead of hurt them. And it was that line, I thought, didn't need that line. It over-egged it could, because... Because you should know. Yeah, we. It just didn't need that bit. It could have just been the salute or whatever as he walked out. Mm. So I, I just thought that bit, we're Marines. We were meant to help these people, not, not hurt them. I just thought that wasn't needed. Was that it over-explaining them? Yeah, was it? yeah, yeah. It was like we knew... Like, they were discharged. That was the worst thing you could have done to them, I think, too. I think it's in there because you sort of need that bit where... Because it cuts to Kevin Pollock. Because Kevin Pollock doesn't really want to be there, Yeah, because he? he said that... The, the, the bullies... It, the beast, all, it yeah. almost aligned what he was saying because he said these these Marines are meant to be looking after us. And, and it sort they of... on a weaker kid yeah, is what he yeah, said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was basically what they said. We should have been helping. But I just felt like it didn't need it at that moment. That's fair. Yeah, I can see that. But... The bit before and the bit after it, I love. Like, I love the bit where he, he, he salutes Cruz when he goes to the point where it's like... Because he, he didn't yeah. do it from the interview room, did he? put his hand in his pocket, so it's funny, yeah. it's the worst it's thing. redemption, isn't it? Yeah, for, for... yeah, I think it was, it was just that little bit in between the end and the thought, you could have just tucked that bit, it wasn't needed. It was just a little bit over-egging the sentimentality of it. All right, then, so, what about impact, Dave? So what? What, I, what I didn't know was Few Good Men premiered at the Odeon Cinema in Manchester. Shut up! Yeah, that was where it had its world premiere. That's a bit random. Very random. It grossed overall internationally two hundred forty-three million, which is pretty good, isn't it? Um, especially when it had a production budget of between thirty-three and forty million. Tom Cruise was um, given a twelve point five million salary. Yeah. <laughs> but Nicholson, as you said before, he's paid five million for ten days of shooting. So he, he earned five million. And Jack Nicholson did say it was one of the few times when it was money well spent. <laughs> um, the thing is, it's not even big headed comment. It's bang on the money. Excuse the pun, because he's like, Yeah, I'm boss, you got your money's worth. It's Yeah. Um, we did criticise Columbia Pictures though, because they moved the film's release date to directly Compete with his other film, Hoffa, that year. Which also starred J.T. Welsh as well, didn't it? Did it, yeah. Yeah, apparently Nicholson and Hoff, um, J.T. Welsh become really close friends after that as well. So so a little bit of fallout from from from, from that, really. But it was, it was nominated for the four Oscars. So we had Best Supporting Actor for Jack Nicholson, Best Film Editing, Best Sound and Best Picture, and won none. Mm. See, I can tell you why, though. Why go on? Because Unforgiven won. Well, yeah. So Unforgiven won Best Film in 1993. Clint Eastwood won Best Director. Gene Hackman won Best Support and Actor. Marissa Tomei won Best Support and Actress. For my, my cousin Vinny. So Demi had no, no chance. No chance, no. The one I'd pick on is Al Pacino won Best Actor, but for Sense of a Woman. It's a funny one because it... it and that's not a good film. I, and that's not his best performance. No, it's not. It's not. But I feel like because 
typical Hollywood, it was a film about someone with a disability, a little bit. They, they seem to go Ticking for the that. boxes. Yeah, the big time. I don't, I don't. So I, I don't think you can argue too much with the fact that Clint Eastwood won and, and Hackman and Tommy, but I do think Al Pacino winning that year for that film... Mm, was it mm. better than yeah was it better than Tom sh- Cruise's performance? I don't think so. I'm not sure about that. I I I think for me, the lasting impact and legacy of Few Good Men is is that you can't handle the truth. Yeah. It's such famous scene, and I'll come to iconic moments in cinema in a few minutes time. But I think to me, it's just an act to have a moment that's so remembered and is still quoted mm. and parodied today even is 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 phenomenal. The the only other thing I wanted to ask as well I, I'm gonna I think it's a good point to ask you at this point. This this whole thing that you and me have got these familiar themes that are choices. <laughs> yeah. So I've got friendship and groups of people. You've caught this thing about the truth and decisions that have to be made. This couldn't play into that <laughs> literally any better. So what I'm trying to ask, Dave, is that, you know, we were sat here, I'm, I'm your psychiatrist, you sat on okay. the couch. Why is the truth so important to you? In, in the context of films, what is oh. it? Is it is it such a motivational arc for a character some about finding the truth or no, do you know what I think it is, right? I don't think it's a film thing. I think it's a is it a life thing? I think there's so much going on. I'm gonna go way off topic here. There's so much going on in the world right now that the truth doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah. And I'm not gonna name names because we're gonna go down that yeah. rabbit hole, aren't we? Yeah. But we're obviously talking about particularly politicians. We're obviously talking about the fact that we went through an awful pandemic and stuff which a lot of people didn't believe certain mm. things, all that side. So I think over the last few years, I think my brain has just switched to the fact that the truth matters and the truth needs to start mattering again. And people need to start being held accountable when they tell lies. Yeah. And we know there's someone very famous at the minute, politician, not even in this country, who's telling lie after lie after lie mm. to the point where, you tell so many lies that they're not even reported anymore. And I think that even happens, is happening here. You yeah. know, the, 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 uh, one of our... Especially in policy, almost, especially in policy, and it's always the point as well where the bit that bothers me is we're almost at a part of our culture is where people actually aren't asked. No. About people who tell 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 just make shit up, and I'm like, that's the bit that bothers me. I'm like, yep. there's one thing telling a lie, there's another thing to go. Ah, I don't really care, but I'm still gonna, I still like him or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I've got a real thing with him. What's his name at the moment? Russell Brand. He's over. What's yeah, what's in the yeah, news at the know, minute? All the things he's he just comes out with, and it's all, and it's only. It's only ever a conspiracy when it's against them. Funny enough, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like anything. I'm. I know what you're saying, but I just find it quite fascinating that you, the choices you make, do have this real element of what's the truth. There's always a de- a, an element of decisions that have to be taken, mm. and we're not talking about sometimes when the truth. It's hard to, to frame the truth because there can be grey areas in between the black and white when we've gone down that with some of the films mm. you, you picked so Crimson Tide's the the main one isn't it yeah, yeah you can walk away from that film we know by the end of the film what was the right decision but let's say that film cut away yeah. let's say that film doesn't end with them getting the notice to say yeah. you know the, the who's reason right war. and it just ends we probably would walk out that film and you would probably say I'm on Gene Hackman's side and I'd go no I'm on Denzel's yeah, side yeah that's a film where there's a very, very grey yeah. area. This film isn't. No. Well, there is. There's a very grey area, which is the, for the two corporals, are they? They could have refused the order. Well, they I could. Think, and I think this is but where... There's, but there's repercussions to that. And also Tom Cruise's character really, when, especially when he was with Keith Sutherland, really broke this down. What is the difference mm. between just taking orders and actually having your own... M- 
thought process. Yeah. Because he, he tripped them up. He kept tripped Kiefer Sutherland up or something like that. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, it's such a, now it is. He's like, which ones can, which orders can you ignore? Yeah. Which, yeah. Can, you know, which yeah. can't you, yeah. can't you ignore? So, yeah, I think it's, it's an element of that. You know, it's an element of, there's just so much bullshit, I think, in yeah. the world that, like I say, it's, you know, our recent sort of prime minister, not to get, get too political, lie after lie after lie. But as you said, some will go, oh, yeah, but they all lie. That is not an excuse. Yeah, that is yeah, not that, an, accept, that is not an acceptable yeah. answer. Yeah. And I think that's, subconsciously, I'm picking those films where there's an you element try, of Is truth. it you trying to process and try to make some sort of sense of it all? Potentially, yeah. Inadvertently picking films that just fall into that category. Genuinely, definitely with box set one, I never even thought about yeah. it. You just said to me, pick five films or TV shows, and I went away and did it, and you pick five, and it wasn't until the end, and then it's it was just... The end of, it was the end of box set two. Was it two, it? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. we both have those strong... And we carried mm. on through... Because like, come on, I think my next one's Spinal Tap, which is about to ban the group of friends. You know? yeah. So again, that's carrying that same theme. And have I got misery? <laughs> you got misery? <laughs> you know, there's decisions, there's things that, that happen in that movie. It is. And also, and I touched on it before, I'm trying to, as we, it's it's a bit more interesting because we're doing a box set on Rob Ryan. Are we trying to, I'm trying to pick out familiar things with a Rob Reiner film and definitely this bully thing is a real mm-hmm. real element through Stand By Me because <laughs> ironically Kiefer Sutherland was the bully in yeah. that as well as the, and he was and and what was quite interesting when I was doing a bit of reading is the character developments and story arcs of Gordy in Stand By Me and Tom Cruise's Kofi character are quite similar in Stand By Me and a few good men mm-hmm. they, they both sorts of they have people to live up to as well. Yeah, so they've they? got they got the daddy issues, and which I find fascinating because Rob Reiner's dad was a big successful actor mm. writer. So is, is that Rob Reiner just trying to go live his through his daddy issue? They both sought solace in what they enjoyed doing. So if you remember, Gordy loved telling stories and and making mm. his friends happy. Tom Cruise character embraces the law, and he's really good and good. And and also the the the. the the beat at the end where they flipped the bully and outwitted them, which was, if you remember, Gordy managed to, although he did it with a gun, but he outsmarted yeah. them all and, and got one at the end, just like Cruz won by outsmarting the Jessup character. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of similarities there, and I think we're going to probably pick up on a few mm. of that through other Rob Reiner films. Dave, it's that time in the episode where it is time to dim the lights. Do it, John Mel. Kenny, can you pass me the questions in the envelope, please? Because they are signed and sealed. Thank you very much. Okay, Dave, this is the quick fire round. I'm going to ask you five questions. I'm going to have to take your first answer, and I need an answer within two seconds. If not, I'll just edit it out later. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I think so. I'm nervous. The mood lighting makes me it is, it is a bit moody, isn't it? Okay, first question. Defence or prosecutor? Oh, prosecutor. Army, Navy or Air Force? I can't swim, so I'm going with Air Force. <laughs> I thought you don't like flying either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on the set, who do you think of the bigger trailer? Tom Cruise or Jack Nicholson? Oh, good question. I'm going to say Jack. I reckon Jack as well. You get to spend the day with Tom Cruise. What do you do with him? Oh, nothing, nothing exciting. <laughs> so if I could have the day with Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. we'd go with a pound bakery because I don't think he's ever had a pound yeah, bakery. I don't think he's ever had a pound bakery. Never. I doubt, I doubt, I doubt he's ever been to Greg's. No, won't have been to Greg's. No. Maybe taking bowling. Just I something. he's probably boss at that. I think he'd be annoyingly yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that is just not like flying, jumping from a helicopter. Something where... Do you know it, what? It would just blow his mind. Let's, have a, let's see what he's like a Sabutio. 
Do you know what? I was, I was nearly going to say Connect Four for some reason then, but he probably still beat me. Yeah, he probably would. He'd just be annoyingly good at everything. Yeah, so I think he is, yeah. I'd probably... I'd just... You know what? I'd just do a normal day. I would take him to a pound bakery. I'd take him into town. We'd have a little mutual HMV. And we'd do stuff that would probably wind him up because he'd want to do something more exciting. <laughs> and we'd have an early night. <laughs> Love it. And my last question. Dave, can you handle the truth? You can't handle the truth. Right. Moving on, as always. Dave, where can our lovely, lovely, lovely listener watch A Few Good Men? So I watched it on Sky Cinema. Sky Cinema. Because uh, it's on there, but it's also on Now TV. If you've got a subscription or you can pay for it on YouTube, Google and Amazon. Yeah, it's not available on, on your free Prime or Netflix or anything no. like that. I, 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 I rented it on Prime for about three forty nine. It was the super high definition version. It looked absolutely lovely as well. By the way, very impressed. Right then, if you like a few good men, what else would you like? I'm going with one big theme. That seems to be my theme mm. when I do these themes. I go for one big one. You go for two. But anyway, I'm going for in homage. So the you can't handle the truth moment in this film, which is one of the most iconic cinema moments in history. I've gone for iconic moments in cinema. Interesting. Okay, the first one is Psycho, the shower scene. Not the remake. Not the, the remake, original. the original one. And, and I'll tell you one of the parameters why I've chosen what I class as iconic moments. Scenes that past the boundaries of film, everyone... Even if you've never seen a film, people know about that. Mm. People will know these things. They've been parodied, they've been joked, they've been, you know, Family Guy have took the piss out of it, Saturday Night Live have done it. Every Other other films have sort of riffed on them. Everyone does that. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's not even like an actual thing. <laughs> it is. So that's, for me, I think that shower scene in Psycho is one of the most mm. famous moments in, in cinematic history. Absolutely. I've also come for the opening scene and sound of music with the hills are loud. Good one. Yeah. I think it's just very iconic. And I know we'll be coming on to this one later in the box set when Harry met Sally, I'll have what she's having moment. Which is another Rob Reiner film. But who is it? It says it. Billy Crystal? No. It's Rob Reiner's mum. Oh, it's Rob Reiner's mum and dad, yeah. I think it is, isn't it? It's yeah. Mum that says yeah, yeah. that line. Titanic, the moment with King of the World. Yeah, you've got to. It's it's just like it's it, it, again. I'm going with how many times has this moment been ripped off? Like how many times? I think we've seen the KFC have where where they just like you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like things like that. The big thing with Titanic though, everyone forgets what a good action film it is. It is a great that film. Last hour and a half yeah, is yeah, James yeah. Cameron at his best, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I've also got Empire Strikes Back. The I'm your father scene. I think is massive Iconic. moment in in cinema history. Bit of a left field one. This one. Dead Poets Society, oh, Captain, my captain moment. Yeah, and it, I think, was it Rob William Berkty recently as well? So that's a good one to, mm, good it one was, to put in. It always, I always just tear up a little bit, that one. And I can't remember, is it Alien or Aliens with a chest burst scene? It's in the first one, it's yeah. Alien, it's Alien, is it? Yeah, that's one. right. So it, I think that's one of the most famous moments in history. Jaws, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, it's, everyone knows that line, yeah. don't they? Breakfast Club. The dancing, the dancing library, I just think is one of the most iconic moments. Love Actually with the cue cards. Yeah. How many times have you seen someone rip that off since? They do it in Ted Lasso. Yes. In the Christmas one, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I think I've seen it on, a, I think a recent advertisement have ripped it off again. Mm. E.T., phone home. Mm. Yeah, iconic. Could have been a couple of moments from E.T., but there you go. Rocky, and we love a montage, and you know which bit I'm referring to. Running up them steps, say no more. I'd love to go there, you know, it's in Philly, isn't it? It's Philadelphia, yeah. yeah. Ghost, the pottery wheel moment. Yeah, which has probably been parodied it's loads a, as well. To death, excuse me. And one. Demi Moore. Demi Moore again. And my final one is Lady and the Tramp, the spaghetti. Song. Oh, a little Disney one thrown yeah, in there. Yeah, Well done. So they're like, and I feel like all them moments have just been 
parodied and robbed and homage to right you know tv film everyone who people who don't even watch films know all their moments and i think that's why so and i think few good men that scene that you can't handle truth is one of them moments that it transcended cinema it became yeah. popular culture was you going to mention the matrix no <laughs> why never seen it <laughs> <laughs> so i've gone with two themes then I've gone with courtroom dramas first. Oh, go on. I've gone with Suits. Yeah, it's making a, it's having a bit of research. Huge, yeah. Isn't it? So there's nine seasons on Netflix, and since it dropped on Netflix, it's it's literally one of the well, most watched shows. I around. hear it's because they've been dropping clips on TikTok, and oh, people have been getting into it via. So you go, oh, so it's it's become an interesting way. Right. And then obviously the Meghan Merkel connection yeah. as well. I think people. I've, I've, I've sort of stumbled upon it with a mix of that, but yeah, it's the, the Netflix released them most like minutes watched, don't they? It's yeah, not, yeah. Like I think Disney does it with households, but I think Netflix does minutes watched, and I think people are watching like loads of episodes. So I've gone with Goliath. You ever seen that? Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, it was a Prime series. I, yeah. There was, there was only one or two series. Four seasons in the end. Oh. It's finished now. That's that's worth a watch. That's... I definitely watched the first series. I need to go back and watch mm. that then. Finish that off. Boston Legal. Never watched that one. Oh, James Spader, William Shatner. There's five seasons of that. I don't think it's on anywhere though. That's the only problem. I don't think anyone's like picked it up. So I think it was originally on one of like the Sky channels, but it's not on like a Netflix mm. or anything. But if you can, if you can get hold of it, it's definitely worth a watch. You can't. Talk about courtroom stuff and and lawyers and stuff. We're talking about Better Call Saul. Yeah, six seasons again on Netflix. Bob Odenkirk. Again, I've got an, a, another Netflix one just by chance. The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh, I love that film. Really good, isn't it? Yeah. Then I've got three films: Lincoln Lawyer, Matthew McConaughey. Love that film. It's one of my favourites. Not seen the TV series, but I love the film. It's okay. You see, okay. I love Michael Connolly. He wrote them all. Right. The first series is okay. I haven't quite got up and running on the second series yet, but the guy who plays in mm. is really good, isn't he? Primal Fear. Great film. Which Edward Gere. Norton, yeah. wasn't he? The, the little flip at the end. Oh, we went to see that in pictures. We did, yeah. We, did, we yeah. would have, yeah. 1996, that would have been as well. That was good, yeah. 95, 96, good, yeah. Well, also in 1996, another Matthew McConaughey film, A Time to Kill. With Samuel Jackson. Oh, that's an excellent courtroom yes. drama. Yes. Oh, that's a that's been a while since seen that one. Yeah. So check out those courtroom ones, and then I've gone with a few good men, and I've thrown in a few good women as well, just to even things out. Only seems fair. Young Guns. Yeah. Which we've done a podcast about from nineteen eighty eight. Good film. Good podcast. Ocean's Eleven. Again, group group of a few good men. I've gone with LA Confidential as well. Okay. Yeah. Because there is a, at the core there is a few good men. There's some bad ones, but yeah. at the core the you know, the Russell Crowe, um your your Guy Pierce and your Kevin Spacey characters are, you know, your few good men. Apollo thirteen. Oh yes, good shout. For a few good women, a league of their own. It's a series now. It's a series really, now, but I think it's just been cancelled. It was yeah. I think it was on Amazon, but the original film with like Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell. Obviously, Tom Hanks plays the, the yeah. coach, doesn't he? That's, that's a great film. Avengers Endgame. Oh, yes. I don't know which bit you mean as well. Yeah. The... And then my last one for a few good men, Ghostbusters. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, Dave. Thank you very much. That was A Few Good Men. Watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.